So if you turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter number 1, Philippians chapter number 1 is where we're going to be tonight, Philippians chapter number 1, uh, we're going to be pretty much in the same text uh, where we're going to be, uh, just looking at notes and just praying and seeking the Lord, and the Lord just really guided me back to this passage because there's, a, there's so much more that we need to see here uh, in this passage that we began reading last night, and we learned some just some very simple truths last night. It was just mainly just a little introduction, just to whet your appetite a little bit more. And uh, as we continue on, we're gonna as we're gonna progress through uh, the book, Lord willing, if that's uh, God's will for us to kind of go through some different high points of the book of Philippians. I've been really praying, and God has been touching my heart about some other things, and so uh, just. Just looking for the Lord's direction. That's all I'm doing. And so here in Philippians chapter number 1, I want to begin reading there in verse number 5. And the Bible says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you, because... I have you in my heart in as much as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel that all, that not that ye all are partakers of my grace. What a power of some powerful truths for us there. What do we see there? Well, we're going to have a good look tonight. We're going to see some things. I hope it will be a blessing to you. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much uh, for your loving kindness and your mercy in uh, our lives. And Father, I do pray that you would just have your will and way in our hearts. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us. And so we pray, dear Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would come down, illuminate our hearts, help us to understand, help us to have a greater uh, burden uh, for the gospel, help us to have a greater uh, understanding of the gospel, how it affects us and how it should affect others. And Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for all that you've done. I pray in your precious holy name. Amen. As we look here in this passage of Scripture, uh, there's this, uh, I want to just reiterate to some things that I mentioned last night. And, you know, the team, uh, it takes a team to do it. It really does. It takes a team. But it also, something that also, that I was really thinking about is, uh, you know, tenderness. We have to be tender towards one another. It's really, really important to be tender uh, to a weaker brother in the Lord, a younger brother in the Lord. We've got to be tender. If we're not tender uh, to them, understand uh, how will they view the grace of God in your life. You may be older in the Lord, but it's really important uh, to understand to be tender. Amen. It really is important to be tender because uh, as we go forth with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be the swelling words of what you can say, but really the tenderness of your heart is what will draw them because they're going to see something greater than your words, and that's so vitally important. People need to see your heart. People need to see who you are 
when Jesus is in control. Amen? And that's so vitally important to really understand. So we looked at, you know, we looked at those, uh, some of those things. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He was remembering some of these things, you know, the, the, great, the grace of God that made such a change in them. You know, and the grace of God made a great change in our lives. Amen? And that's really important. The grace of God that made a change in our life is the same grace that changes other people's lives. It's really, really important to understand that and and so if it if it took the grace of God to woo us to Christ it takes the grace of God to woo others to Christ amen and so it's really really important it really is and so Paul prayed for them always in every prayer of mine for you making request with joy oh wow the joy of Jesus you know joy is a great platform uh, to begin when uh, praying for others for the work God is doing within the heart of others. You know, it's really important that we're allowing the the Spirit of God to be in control of our life. Amen. It's really, really important. Allowing the Spirit of God uh, have its will and way in our lives. And so we see, dear child of God, it's so important. So Paul's prayer life consists always praying for these believers for uh, a few reasons. We need to be praying for others. We need to be praying for one another. Uh, A praying church is a church that has power. Amen. It really is. A praying church is what they have power because they're relying on Christ dwelling within them to really reveal Christ through their life. Amen. And so it's really, really important. So we're going to see a few things tonight, and I hope that it will be a blessing to you. Number one, we want to see the fellowship of in the gospel, the fellowship in the gospel. We all have to understand we're all in this together. Amen. We're all in this. We're not one above the other. Amen. We're really not. And so we have to understand at the cross, it's all level. There's not one higher or one better. Uh, God does call people into certain positions, but that's God's calling in that person's life to do that work uh, to help other believers to, to come to the full potential that God desires them to be. Amen. And so we see, dear child of God, it's so important. It really is. And so it brought great joy to the Apostle Paul, uh, praying for these believers, for their fellowship in the gospel ministry. And dear believers, it's so important that we understand the gospel ministry that you have. Do you understand that you have that gospel ministry, you have that work uh, that, that God's begun in your life? And it's a ministry that God's given to you. It really is. It's a ministry that God's given to you so that you can be all that God wants you to be. And so you're ministering the grace of God unto others. You're helping them understand uh, the greatness of Christ in, uh, in the world today. You're looking at the greatness of, of, of God's compassion uh, wrapped up in His Son. And so it's really important, dear child of God, uh, that you've been given uh, uh, the, uh, the gospel ministry of uh, and, you know, uh, everybody has been called uh, to that gospel ministry. Amen? Uh, everybody has. And so it's really, uh, really important for us all uh, to come together in fellowship uh, in the gospel and, and serve together so that the community can be reached, so the world can be reached, so our country can be reached. Amen? And so, so it's really, really important that we understand and see the importance of the fellowship in the gospel ministry. So when the gospel makes such an impact within the heart, that heart wants to help others. 
It should be, that should be our desire. Did the gospel make a change in your life? You'd be saying, yeah, preacher, the gospel made a change in my life. You understand it's that it's the work of the gospel that you have a you have a new desire in your life. And that new desire is Jesus. And that and that Jesus that's living within you wants to reach out to others. Amen. He truly does want to reach out to others. It's really uh, it's really important as a child of God that we learn. Really important that we learn how to access. Access that work. Access it. And let, it, let that work continue in your life. It's so vitally important. It really is. And so, dear child of God, it's so important. Uh, you'll you'll want to help. You'll want to care for other people. You'll want to do all that you can so that they, too, will experience the same fellowship that you experienced, dear child of God. It's really important. It really is. Father, I just... <laughs> I just thank you so much. And, you know, I, I'm, I think about this fellowship. It's, it's so important. It really is. It really is important. And so the fellowship seen in verse 5 shows a, a pattern of growth is what it does. So important, it shows a pattern of growth. When you look at verse number 5, it shows that the gospel until, uh, uh, from the first day until now. You know, uh, you, you see your own life. You see how you grow. And it's really important to understand that growth uh, in your own life so that you can affect others. And that's what Paul is remembering, this growth. is so vitally important. It really is. And so we look at it, and we see, and we need to understand it, the gospel from the first day until now. A pattern of growth, the first day. This means that when they receive Christ as their Savior, uh, that's the impact of the gospel. You know, the impact, the impact of the gospel is so important in a, life, in, in a church, uh, in, in a life of the community. It's really important, the impact that it can make in one's life. Because if the gospel changes that one life, and when that one life gets on fire with the gospel, it will, it will be contagious for others to be saved and to know Christ. And it's so important. It really is. And so we see the first day, you know, when they were saved until the present. Think about the present day of, you know, of your life. What, what have you done for the cause of Christ? Are you helping the cause of Christ? Are you going forth for the cause of Christ? It's so important. It really is. Because it's that first day when you received Jesus... It made an impact, and that impact needs to be seen in the, in the hearts of others. And that only can be done as we give ourselves to, to the Lord in our lives. So this teaches us that these believers were responding 
to Christ in their lives correctly. Now, it's so important. It really is. How you respond to Jesus in your life is how others will view God. It really is. So true. Um, how you will let the power of God manifest in your life is how, the, how others will be changed by the power of God in your life. It, 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 it's an important factor in one's life. It really is. And so it, it's so important, the fellowship of the gospel. Because there there's a day of impact. And that day of impact is a process that is being worked out by God in one's life to the present day so that you're continuing the gospel ministry in your life. Because like I said last night, we're, uh, no, was it? I get my days mixed up. And um, I think that was this afternoon, I was thinking. <laughs> and so this afternoon, I, I mentioned something about that we've been bought. And we have to understand that we've all been bought with a price. I may have mentioned it last night. I'm not sure. I could have. We've all been bought with a price. We really have. Been bought with a price. And do we understand that price? That the blood that purchased us. And so if we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus, it's really important for us to let the, let the Jesus in us. You know, from the first day... God made an impact until the present day where we are now presently. Is the gospel just as real in your life? Apostle Paul's thinking about the, the reality of the gospel in their lives. The fellowship that they were having in the gospel ministry. It was real to these believers. It wasn't just, it wasn't just uh, some words. It wasn't just a message. It was far greater than just a message. It really was. It's far greater. It changed their lives. Did the gospel change your life? If the gospel changed my life, well, yes, the gospel changed my life. The gospel changed your life. And so it's really important at the present day that the gospel continues to make, a to make an impact in the community. It's really important. It really is. And so we see, dear believers, you know, the impact the gospel has in one's life because of the fellowship that they were enjoying in the gospel ministry. And so you enjoy the fellowship of the gospel ministry. It is a joy. Yeah, sometimes there are heartaches. But it's in the moment of those heartaches, it's really important to respond correctly to the Lord. It really is. In those heartaches. Because that's really the test. Is the gospel going to shine when the heartaches come? Because you think about here in the book of Philippians, these believers were under great pressure. They were under persecution. 
A lot of things that were taking place in the lives of these believers. And they responded correctly to what God was doing in their lives. And it's really important when we are impacted in some way that we respond correctly to what God wants to do. So it's really important to understand that fellowship in the gospel, that impact, that first day that, that made such a, uh, a change in your life is let that change continue to be contagious in your life. Have you lost that, 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 that joy of Jesus? I, you know, I, I, I always, every day, I always remember the day that I got saved. I remember, I, I'm never going to forget it, because how miserable I was, and how good God was, and He saved my soul from all the, the turmoil that I was putting myself through. That first day of impact is really important until the present day, where you're living right now, that you just let that very uh, impact continue in your life. Let that fellowship of the gospel continue to be real. Don't let it fade away. Let it be real in your life. Don't let it die. Yes, trials may come. Yes, these believers were having persecution. Yes, there was a lot of suffering going on. But what they did is they responded correctly to what God was doing in their life. It's so important as a church to respond correctly to the Lord. Don't get negative. It's not time to get in the flesh. It really isn't. It's not time to get, you know, bent out of shape. It's not time to get carnally minded. It's time to go, Lord, you use that in my life so that the gospel can be seen in me. And that's so important. It really is. Laboring together, striving together. So vitally important. You know, I mentioned the, the family, the team. You know, dear child of God, you know, it's not one trying to do better than the other. Oh, no, we're all working together for the, to accomplish one goal, to see people saved. It's not to try to jockey around for position. It's all about... Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. It really is. It's all about Jesus. And it's so it's vitally important. It really is. And so we see number one, first and foremost, the fellowship in the gospel ministry. And second of all, you see the forming by the gospel. The forming. What's forming? Well, we see there in verse number six, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's a forming work. We understand, you know, when you, you know, it's, <laughs> when you got saved, uh, there's growth to be done. <laughs> you need to grow in Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And so it's really important. It, it's vitally important to you. We all need to grow in Jesus. Uh, understand, I, I, me as a preacher, I got to grow in Jesus. Your pastor, he's got to grow in Jesus. His wife has got to grow in Jesus. Dear believers, you've got to grow in Jesus. There's a forming process. There's a, there's a transforming life in you trying to conform you into the image of Jesus. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we desire in our lives? To be like Jesus in our life? 
You're probably saying, yeah, preacher, I want to be like Jesus. Well, then what, what needs to take place is that we need to, first and foremost, need to be humble in our life and let the Jesus in you live through you. Amen. Got to be humble. I like what the Bible says, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. You know, if you want to further the cause, uh, further the cause of the gospel, understand you've got to be humble. In the economy of God's work, pride cannot exist. Amen. Pride cannot exist in the economy of the gospel. We have to be humbly bowing before the Lord and say, God, you be magnified. You be glorified. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus in my life. And so there's a forming process with the, with, by the gospel in your life. The gospel's changing you, helping you to be what God desires you to be. What does God desire for you to be? He wants you to be like Jesus. His son is what he desires for you to be. And that's so vitally important. It really is. And so we see there's a forming process. God's trying to form you into his image. And so and I understand what, it, what, it, what was Jesus' main desire in his ministry here on earth? To please the Father. Amen. Isn't, what, wasn't that the case? Yeah, that was the case. It was all about pleasing his Father. What should we do as believers? We should be pleasing Jesus in our life, not the flesh. Far too many times, I know I, I, I please myself too much. And my wife could, you know, attest to that, you know. You know, you, <laughs> she goes, don't worry about it, give it to God. It's like, it's almost like she's, you know, you know, she's, she's like there and God's sending her and say, listen to your wife. She knows what she's talking about. And so, I'm like, Lord, thank you so much for my wife. Because there's many times I get bent out of shape and just, I, I get so concerned. You know, I wanted to say the, the W word, worry. You know, that's the problem we have. We all have problems with worry, right? We worry about things, and then we don't let the work of Jesus really transform our life because we're taking it in our own ability, and we're not focusing on what God wants us to focus on. We get concerned about what we can do and it's really all about what God can do in one's life. And so there's a forming process that takes place. As you see there in verse number 6, being confident of this very thing. He that hath begun. Who's the he? He which hath begun a good work in you. Jesus, he's done the good work in you. He's going to perform it in you. So what do we need to do? Well, first and foremost, we be humble. We've got to be, be humble before God. God does not elevate pride. What God elevates is when God's people get humble and say, Jesus, I'll do it. I'll go tell that person about you. I'll do it. 
That's all what Jesus wants. Us to be sensitive enough to him to let him do his work. It's a forming process. He's trying to transform you more into the image of Jesus. Is what God is doing. Are we going to get in the way? Let him work. Oh, we're going to have to hurry. And so it's really important. It really is. There's a forming process that takes place. You know, their fellowship in the gospel had a transforming effect. You want people to change? You want people to come to church? You want you want to reach the world for Christ? Let the gospel affect you. Then you'll have a greater picture, a greater view on how the gospel can affect others. Amen. That's important. If you're not going to let the gospel affect you, how in the world do you think you're going to be able to reach others if there's no transformation in you. Transformation is not just at salvation. Amen. Did you get that? Transformation is not at salvation. It's like, Pastor, what are you talking? Preacher, what are you talking about? Didn't I, get, didn't I get transformed when I got saved? Yeah, you got transformed positionally. Yes, you're transformed. Yes, positionally, you've been born again. Yes, positionally, you are a child of God. Yes, positionally, you're saved by the grace of God. But understand, it's to continue. It's not only at the point of impact, it's to continue. It's what it's to do to continue in your life. And that's so vitally important. You gotta, it's got to continue in your life. It's got to have a daily effect in your life, just as it had a daily effect in the lives of these believers here in the, in the book of Philippians. It had daily change. Are you seeing a daily change in your life, having a greater love for Jesus? Amen. Do you love Jesus more today than when you first met him? I hope you do, because that's so important. It really is. Do you love Jesus more? Because what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 22? In Matthew chapter number 22, this is what Jesus said. Because a lawyer came to him of the Pharisees. And this lawyer asked Jesus a question. What's the greatest law? Now, I was paraphrased. I'm not saying a word for it. I hope you don't get throw apples or rotten apples at me. And so, but you get the context of where I'm going with this. At least I hope I do. Hope you do. And as you as you look at that passage of scripture there in Matthew chapter 22, you'll find that the response of Christ when that lawyer of the Pharisees asked that question, what's the greatest law? And what does Jesus say? He says this, Love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. Oh, that's the first place. All of your heart. Do you love God with all of your heart? That's a, that's a tricky question. 
We could go, yeah, preacher, I love God with all of my heart. Okay. Who are you influencing for Jesus' sake? Are you daily having a greater experience, a greater encounter, a greater intimacy with Christ in your life? Are you being, is there a forming process taking place in your life? Because, you know, we can say we love God, but then right away we, we can, we can curse men with our tongues. With the same, with the same tongue that we say we love God. James bears that out. He really does. He says a tongue is a, unruly evil and it's so important love God so Jesus is saying to these to to this to this Pharisee to this lawyer he says love the Lord thy God with all your heart not not just 95 percent of your heart not just you know 99.9999 percent of your heart 100 percent do you love God? Amen. 100% do you love God? Do you love God more than you love your wife? Should be the case. Do you love God more than your house you live in? Do you love God more than your friends? Do you love God? It really comes down to that simplicity. You know, if you want the forming process of Christ to take place in your life, you got to realize what Jesus said. And he said, that's the same, these are God's words. Jesus, this is Jesus saying to this lawyer of the Pharisees, he's saying, hey, do you, you got to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. Every ounce of it, you got to love God. Can I tell you it's possible to love God with? All of your heart. It's really possible. When you get up in the morning, do you tell God how much you love Him? You know, I've been encouraged our church. Why don't you just, at times, throughout the day, tell Him how much you love Him? Oh, you know, I'm not one that shows emotion. I, I don't know. I, I barely say I love you to my wife. Whoa. I tell my wife all the time how much I love her. All the time. And I, I duplicate that with my Lord. I let him know all the time how much I love him. All the time. I let him know. I encourage our church back home. Tell him that you love him. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. You know, it's, the more often you say that, the more you'll be more conscientious of others around you. Because now you're, you got your eyes off on Jesus. And what's taking place is that his love is going to shine through your life. Because what Jesus said to the, uh, to the Pharisee, love the Lord thy God with all your heart. All your soul. Do you love him with all of your soul? All that you are. 
Do you love God with all of your soul? Really important. He's the one that saved your soul. Therefore, love him with all of your soul. Do you love him with all of your mind? Is your thought always on Jesus? Your thoughts on Jesus? The Bible does say in Philippians chapter number 5, or Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, we see, let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. You know, that, that verse has brought greater meaning to me. A lot of times we look at that verse and go, it's, it talks, we think about our thought processes. Yeah, it deals with our thoughts in our mind, but it goes far deeper than that. It deals with our soul. It deals with our heart, our very being. Do you love God with all of your might? Every fiber of your being, of your body, do you love God? If Jesus said this, this to that Pharisee, and the disciples are present, the disciples are there, they're present. They're hearing these words of Jesus. And they're thinking about this. They're really thinking about it. It comes down to it having a love completely for God. Above things, above your family, above your friends, Jesus is the focus. In your mind, with all your might, your soul and heart every ounce of who you are. Love God. Love Him. Love Him. It's a forming work in a life of a believer. But then Jesus doesn't just stop there. That's our relationship to God. That verse deals with our relationship to God. What does He say in the very next verse? In that text, love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you love your neighbor? Do you love your brother in Christ? Do you love your sister in Christ? That's where it's at. If, you, if the gospel is to make an impact... We got to get real about love. Really got to get real about love in our life. If the gospel is going to make a change, first and foremost in our life, to make a change in other people's life, we got to get focused on the right kind of love in our life. We don't have the right love relationship. First and foremost, our relationship with God, vitally important. But then second of all, your relationship with man. 
Because your relationship with God comes first. Because that's the impact that's taking place. That's the forming process that's taking place within the life of a believer. God's wanted, God wants to change you completely. Amen. He wants to change you completely in your life. And so it's having this right love relationship with God first that can make an impact so that you can make an impact in the life of other people. Those you see around in the community, those who you work with, those acquaintances that you meet in the store, all those people. When you're at the workplace, are you thinking about reaching out to people, taking every opportunity to talk to people about Jesus or inviting the church? So important. We're not here to work for ourselves. We're, we've been bought with a price. Amen. And so really important, our relationship with God, then our relationship with man. How's your relationship with others? How's your relationship with your brother in Christ? How's your relationship with your sister in Christ? How long has it been? How long has it been that you told your brother in Christ, I love you? I got to tell them I I love them? Oh, I told you last night. You know, what changed Christopher is because I just told him I loved him. It made an impact. <laughs> it really did. You let other people know that you love them. I was like, hey, those people care. You know, if the people inside don't care about each other, how are the people outside going to, they're going to look in and go, all kinds of cats and dogs running around here, just nothing's getting done. More in the flesh than we are in the spirit. If our love relationship with God is right, our love relationship with men will be right. Really important. It's really important to see that. And Jesus says, love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, we love ourselves so much. We do. You know, I just think about when I was lost. When I didn't know Jesus. I think about that who, who was the most important in my life? Me. I looked out for number one. That was me. Someone had a quarrel with me? Let's put up the dukes. I'm ready to fight. I'm standing up. I love me. And that's our problem. We love me too much. We love me too much. Me this. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want this car. Oh, I want, a, I want a brand new Camaro. Oh, I want that, you know, that six liter. You know, just, you know, six, 750 horses and just going to tromp on that. I'm going to just peel out. Me. I want the big mansion. I want the big paying job. I want a life of comfort. Me. Me. No, when it comes to the gospel, it's not me. It's Jesus. 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 That's what it is. It's all about Jesus in your life. Nothing else. Well, I got to work. I understand that. But when you're at work, 
let your light shine. You know that song, This Little Light of Mine? Let it shine. Very important message in that song. Let your light shine. If your light's not shining, there's no wonder why the gospel's hid to those who are lost. And they, then they go, then they'll look at you and they go, you're a Christian? Whoa. How do I know? Because this is the case. I remember so many years ago, I was a religious man. So many years ago, I'm going to finish with this. It made an impact in my life. It really did. I was a religious man, and there was this atheist. Didn't believe in God. He did, denied the existence of God. Didn't believe in heaven or hell. Didn't believe anything of that. He was a very, very, you know, devout atheist is what he was. Didn't believe in it. Didn't care about it at all. And what really made an impact in my life, and I, I claim to be a religious person. I claim to know Jesus. And I claim this and I claim that. I went to church and I... And, one day, this, this atheist, he hears me. And I'll let you know, at the workplace, I didn't have the cleanest mouth. I was very perverse, had filthy language, cursed all the time. Amen. And you know what? You know, I was religious, and I was going to Pemina Valley Baptist Church at the time. I was lost. I was under heavy conviction. I'm telling you, I was under heavy conviction already. Hearing the gospel. And this is already, this is now, understand, this is already, I started going to church at the beginning of 2000. The very first Sunday, pastor, <laughs> pastor asked, you know, asked me, you know, how I got to Pemina Valley, you know, before we came. Well, I told him it was Jeff Reason and Daryl Wurmple that invited me to church. And at that point in my life, I mentioned, I alluded to last, last night that I was about to just wreck my life, wreck my family. I was about to wreck everything. Because I was miserable. You know why I was miserable? It's because of the conviction of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. is what was taking place. And God was just, God was turning my heart inside out, upside down. He was wringing it out. He had, he had put such a big stone on my heart that it was crushing me. It really was crushing me. And so here I'm at this, I'm at work. I'm a religious man. I claim to be so perfect and so eloquent and, you know, and far from it. I was a wretch. I needed Jesus. I, I, if I didn't receive Jesus, I was going to go to hell. I knew that. Because day in, from that was from the very first Sunday of 2000, and I didn't get saved until October 24th. Just think about how many times I heard the gospel message, and I was getting so convicted already. There was so much conviction. There really was so much conviction. And that day was a powerful day in my life. It really was, because it was that day. It was October 24th. It was that night 
that I received Jesus as my Savior at 9.45 in the evening after class. Brother David Cook led me to the Lord. And I remember that day, this atheist, he comes to me. And, you know, I'm religious. He comes to me. He goes, Will, come here. And he was watching me. Don't think for one moment that lost people are not watching you. They are. Don't think for one moment that you're not, a, you're not making an impact in, your life, in their lives. And how you respond, how you react to things. Don't think that it won't happen. They are looking. Guarantee it they're looking. I know they are because this guy was looking. <laughs> this guy was looking real hard. He watched how I conducted myself throughout that morning. And it was later that afternoon. He goes, welcome. Something's bothering me. And I come over there. And you know what he said to me? Will, you claim to be a Christian. You've got a filthy mouth. Cursed like a sailor. I'm disgusted with you. He's an atheist. Doesn't believe in God. I'm like, whoa, did that ever make an impact in my life? I'm like, God, you got my attention now. But I was still struggling within. I was still bitter. I was still angry. Didn't want to give in. I thought I was good. But later that night, God got a hold of my heart so much. Because in chapel, I was... I wasn't. You know who was preaching? Guess who was preaching in chapel service at Bible College? You never guess. Brother David Cook. <laughs> he was preaching the chapel service. And I'm telling you, it was Conviction City is what it was. I was so convicted after that. You know what I did? I didn't, I didn't receive Jesus then. You know what I did? I went to another room, and I just, I was so angry. I was just, I was just steaming within, within me because my pride was keeping me receiving Jesus. And so class goes on and constantly what's taking place is that the gospel was being repeated over and over and over again. You know what Brother Cook did? He says, hey, there's a reason why this is going on. And so he had everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. Right in class. Right in class. See, it's time to give an invitation. There's something. God is doing something in hearts tonight. There were, there were a number of people that were being convicted that night. I was the, one of them. And he gave an invitation. And he asked, if you don't know Jesus... As your Lord and Savior, lift your hand. I go, bing! <laughs> I lifted my hand. I said, I don't know Jesus. I lifted my hand. And he encouraged, and there was other hands, because he asked different questions. If you're, 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 not, you're, having, you're struggling with the assurance of your salvation. Others were struggling with the assurance of their salvation. That's what was taking place. And so he just says, if you want to receive Jesus. After class, please come to me. Don't hesitate. Just please. You know what I did? As soon as he dismissed class, I went straight to him. I said, I need to receive Jesus. I need to get saved. 
I know I'm lost. I'm on my way to hell. I've been so religious. I need to receive Jesus. I can't fool God anymore. Couldn't fool God. You know, that's the impact of the gospel. You know, the impact of the gospel can change a heart of a religious man. Any religious man. It changed Nicodemus. Truly did. It can change any religious person. It really can. And so really, understand, your relationship with God is vitally important. The forming process. Because it's that relationship that makes an impact in your heart that forms you more into the image of Jesus is what it does. And that impact should bring joy in your heart to continue to make an impact in other people's lives. Because what Jesus says there in Matthew 22, he says, hey, love thy neighbor as thyself. what he says how's your love life you really love God yeah a lot yesterday we looked at you know kind of a team and tenderness are we tender how's your love life first and foremost with God do you love people are you gracious to them understand someone had grace with you be gracious to others as well. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much for thy loving kindness and thy mercy, O Lord. Continue to have your will and way, I pray, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor. As Pastor Fair was preaching, as he was just talking about, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart means i've given him everything i've given him my entire emotion and it just reminded me that if i've given him all my heart then god's heart is my heart god's desires are my desires i brought to mind in matthew chapter 6 the light of the body is the eye if therefore thine eye be single thy whole body shall be full of light but if thine eye be evil thy whole body shall be full of darkness that therefore the light that is in thee be darkness how great is that darkness no man serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And as he was speaking about tonight, the fellowship and following, we talked about teamwork. If we love God, our eye will be single. And tonight as we come to the time of invitation, if I could have Mrs. Pat come forward, please, for the time of invitation. Stirring, convicting message on my heart tonight, and I trust it was in yours as well. The light of the body is the eye. Where's your heart? What are you holding back in your heart from loving all of God's heart? Loving all of God. And uh, what a convicting message. I trust as the invitation and the music plays that you would just pray and talk with the Lord however he may have spoken to you now. If you need to make anything right, I trust you would do that. If you need to come forward and bow at the altar, there in humility, or there at your seat.
I trust that you do business with God. Just pray and talk with the Lord upon whatever he may have put upon your heart this evening. Missions will never occur. Evangelism will never occur if the light of the body in your eye is not upon Jesus. Your heart, you don't love him with all your heart. Only some of it. You're holding something back. Let it go. We can't love our neighbor if my eye is upon something else. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this evening, you've never, as Pastor Fair was speaking, he said he was there in class, in church, hearing the gospel. Seemed religious, but the, the lost understood who he was. And maybe you're struggling tonight as you're watching, and you don't know Jesus. I trust you'd call out to him and ask him to forgive you of your sins and be your Savior. We'd love to show you from the Bible how you can know for sure. And as a Christian... Missions will never happen unless our eyes are singular. Our love is focused. As the music will come to a close here shortly, I trust you continue to do business with the Lord. Let go whatever needs to be let go of and get in, get commissioned for the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we sure love you. We thank you for this evening. I thank you for the message, Lord. It was a tremendous blessing to my heart. And Lord, you got me thinking, and I am so thankful for that. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. And Lord, you love them, and I love them. Father, I'm thankful for this church, each and every person that comes. And Lord, I pray that you'd enlarge our hearts to love as you love to care as you care, and to move forth in a way, Father, that you would be exalted. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the example of those who've gone before us. How great, so great a cloud of witnesses, and Father, there's many witnesses that have gone before us. Father, may we carry the torch, carry on in missions, not as a singular entity, independent of others, but, Lord, dependent upon you and unified around the gospel. And, Lord, great things happen when you're the focus. And so, Lord, we ask all of that in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you.